We're finally wow. made, made it. I'm not saying starting this podcast episode. I'm talking about because we did have a little bit of technical glitches. Yeah, there was some. There's some gremlins acting up. He thought it was Rainwater's fault, but it was totally (laughs) mine. Um, But we're coming up in the podcast world. We got some uh, high-quality mics going on both ends now. So Yeah, I ran over to the Best Buy and got myself a a new headset. (laughs) I like how you put the Best Buy in front of it, almost like how old people call it the Facebook. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so we're here. It's Christmas time. And I'm shaking. I'm You've straight got the out spirit. I, I've had the spirit since uh, October 31st, 11.59 p.m. with 30 <laughs> seconds. Uh, I don't know if you remember this from college, but I, I decked the halls pretty quickly. Right after I Halloween. Is that. Yeah, I, well, because like another part, I don't remember Christmas season too well during college in general. Because, I mean, in college, it's like Christmas season lasts or the holiday season for Christmas lasts really long. So it's like a lot of people just go home, you know, and I know I went home pretty much every Christmas season. So, yeah. And we had finals. We were because we uh, we took off all of (laughs) Thanksgiving. It was like right up to the week of Thanksgiving. They would be giving us finals in uh, wonderful art college. And then we would be off for all of December. And then we would come back in like the middle of January, maybe a little bit towards the beginning of January. It's such a long um, break. It feels like, I mean, it's not really a year, but it feels like a year when you see everybody. It's like, hey, it's you again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was good times. But I do remember back then I would I was Mr. Christmas crazy. I was nowhere near into Halloween as much as I am now. But I was definitely into Christmas as much back then. And it's still no, you get the holiday home. spirit. I, I'm a holiday I, guy I, in general. Yeah, you what? I envy it. I used to really be in the holidays, and then the last couple of years, like, either because I just work all the time, and so I don't think too much about it, or, like, I don't know what. But I feel like there's there's a holiday movie in there starring me that's about that, and how I, how I get back my holiday spirit and start celebrating uh, uh, Easter or something. It's It's one of those things where... I enjoy holidays because, and it's it's so cliche, but it's like when I discovered the feeling of giving surprising, other, surprising is a big part of it. Other people with gifts and all this oh, kind yeah. of stuff that sure. took that took over for me. And then, like, I've got kiddo on the way. We start baby watch uh, oh, tomorrow. You're, yeah, you're gonna be getting so, into the fun part of Christmas too. Yeah, with, with that aspect with kids. But yeah, yes. so you're getting into baby watch now? Like you're in the zone? So as of tomorrow, when we record this podcast, spoiler alert, we record a little ahead of time. So by the time you guys hear this on Wednesday, if that's when you're listening, it'll already have been a week and a half of baby watch. Uh, the last growth scan of little baby Jow, uh put his date at December 28th. So I guess the rule of thumb Ooh. is that kiddo can show up on two weeks on either side of that date. Yeah. And so we could go into mid-January or he could be here before Christmas. I'm yeah. fingers crossed for Christmas. He's named after Santa Claus. We're naming him Nicholas. I did a whole uh, Christmas, not a Christmas, but a North Pole 
mural in the nursery, the baby nursery. Yeah. There's got trees and a log cabin and a snowman and all this fun stuff. Nice. I think he's got to be here for Christmas. I hope he comes on Christmas. I think that would be the coolest thing ever if he was the Christmas baby. <laughs> that would be pretty um, wild. But, but yeah, so today uh, we're going to be talking about Christmas art in general. Uh, we're not kind of narrowing it down. I know a lot of people talk about Christmas movies uh, during their podcasts and they like to debate over Die Hard and this and that. And I'm sure at some point we're going to get into that because how do you, <laughs> how do you talk about Christmas without talking about Christmas movies? But right, right off the bat, uh, I wanted to shed a little light on the maybe the overlooked uh, unsung heroes of Christmas decorations or di- Christmas art that people maybe don't appreciate, but subconsciously they love it. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rainwater, I gave you this assignment like two weeks ago to find something that maybe you wanted to talk about. With... I know. Yeah. Last time we spoke about this, something that I was thinking about that I feel like it goes overlooked, but I mean, the other part of that is maybe Christmas just isn't as popular as it used to be. So I don't see it as often, but okay. manger displays like nativity scenes. That's something that like, I'm not even a super religious person, but I like them. Like uh, they're all right. I can tell you like uh, when I would set them up as a kid, like it was like setting a stage, right? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, setting yeah. the scene like there's a lot of options to how where you could put the camels <laughs> and the lambs where do the how how do you fit in you know the the three magi do you have them really up front near the baby or do they you take them further back if you put them further like, in back in. it's a it's a little bit more creepy it's almost like they're you know <laughs> hey, what's going on over there don't let it's them know like we're here foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I know it never would have struck me that you would be a manger guy. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's explicitly because of that. Like, uh, it's composing a panel in the sense of as an analogy. I was going like, um, you know, and you it's, can kind of it's rearrange the composition. It. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So, do you have a set composition that you enjoy seeing, like other than the wise guy or the no wise guys, the magi, like the wise guys. <laughs> The three wise guys. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite composition that you like? If you were to arrange it now, what would you go for? Oh, uh, I probably will too when I uh, go to visit my mom. But uh, probably, I mean, you know, there's there's certain things that are kind of locked in, right? Like Mary and Joseph are going to be right up front, and sure. you have the manger, and then it where the options start to settle in is you have all the other things like you got. All the animals, and depending on what your nativity scene's like, you might have, like, my mom has one that's, like, she has a couple of camels, which is not something I often see, like, in nativity scenes. I don't even know if that makes sense historically, like, that there would be camels. <laughs> like, because I think... Did the three magi ride them to Oh, him? you know what? That's what it is. I think they're the magi's camels. Okay. So, that's really important to think of that storytelling, right? There you go. Because you just have the camels on the opposite side with like some random, you know, people. Because there's always like one or two people who are like, oh, these are the inns keep the inns keeper and his, you know, buddy or whatever. And then uh, there's some lambs, some mules, things like that. So storytelling wise, I guess you would have the mules pretty up close because um, 
I want to say Mary rode a mule into Bethlehem, right? So their mule would be pretty nearby. Um, the lambs, I guess, would be within the inner circle of the manger. And then after that, once again, the Magi thing becomes kind of complex. Because like you said, it can get creepy. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it's It's a question of... You want them involved, but you don't want them center stage. You yeah. kind of need to fill out the background a little bit with something going on. But you also don't want them social distancing because that's a little <laughs> weird. Uh, <laughs> then it just looks like you're trying to fill that. Like you hired extras and like only three people showed up and two of them are from the crew. And it's just like you stand there. Are you there? Um, see, I would go. I would be thinking all about the eye lines. I would be trying to like divert the attention straight forward towards the manger does oh, that make sense yeah i think i see what you're saying like in terms of well so here's the other thing is like is it are you would you be composing it just as kind of flat stage or uh you know what i mean like theater stage or like more mm -hmm. open it up a little bit amphitheater style perhaps probably amphitheater style uh, i mean it depends on what you have to work with but i'm i'm a I'm a bigger kind of guy in terms of like um, go big or go home. Yeah. So if if I can if I can dance it up so that there's depth in the frame, so to speak, yeah. uh, that's the way I'm going. One hundred percent. Now, are you sense. a are you a you can't put the baby in the manger until Christmas person? No, Is that no, like no, sacrilege baby, to you or no, the, the baby goes in whenever you set it up all the time, all the time? But I mean, I'm from I Louisiana. Some... We do weird things like putting baby Jesus in cake, you know? <laughs> so like... <laughs> Wait, what? When does that happen? Uh, that's Mardi Gras. So Mardi Gras, I mean, really? I don't know if they do this all the time now because of stuff like choking hazards, but pretty <laughs> traditionally, the Mardi Gras cake has a baby Jesus in it. And if you get the slice with okay. the baby Jesus in it, you have to buy the next Mardi Gras cake. That's hilarious how have i never heard of this i don't know that's incredible and it's, it's like a little like a baby jesus about the size of what like between your thumb and forefinger or uh it's about it's about yay big you know like tip of the index oh. thing yeah it's not oh. big that's why i say it's kind of a choking hazard right it's like that's like borderline that's like not baby jesus that's like fetus jesus yeah like, that's like <laughs> Embryo, Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's crazy. I've never heard of that. I'm going to Google that when we're done. Um, yeah. I'm shocked that I've never heard of that. Is there any other crazy Louisiana Christmas or type uh, stuff no, that makes No, because Mardi Gras is probably the, I, I would say now nowadays is the most out there cultural thing that happens in Louisiana. In terms of Christmas, it's pretty, I mean, I was going to say earlier, like, Here's the thing about Louisiana and Christmas is that it doesn't it never feels like Christmas. Like because wow. today I I went for a walk today and it's like a balmy 75, right? Like Ooh. early in the week it was kind of chilly, but not really. Like but I mean it's overcast. It kind of looks like spring right now today. Um I for y'all, I mean, did y'all get snow recently? Not yet. Uh, we are getting a sprinkling, as I described in my work email this afternoon, we are getting the Costco sample size portion of snow tomorrow morning. <laughs> and then Wednesday, we get the Costco bulk size <laughs> droppings. Uh, I think tomorrow is supposed to be a half an inch or less. And then 
Wednesday, Thursday, we're getting about a foot. Um, <laughs> and Dang. they're talking oh, about, yeah, 40 mile an hour wind gusts and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so wow. uh, I'm looking forward to it, especially with Baby Watch going on. Yeah, uh, sure. But I'm, uh, me and Batman have that in common. I have prep time. So I got everything packed in the car like you would not believe in case we need to get to the hospital in the middle of the snow if we get stuck in the snow. Oh, yeah. I've been watching YouTube videos on how to deliver a baby if it's just me and her. Like, I am crazy prepared for awesome. all scenarios. But yeah. fortunately for us, we live not even 10 minutes away from the hospital we're going okay. to that my wife uh, is employed at. So yeah. I, I'm not too worried about it. And I, I'm interested to see how they handle the snow with the COVID stuff going on, especially with... Um, the vaccine about to roll out right. because it feels like when, when a big storm hits new England, usually that's like top headline news. Oh God, the snow's coming. Everybody go get the milk and the bread and the da, da, da. <laughs> right now. It's like the sixth bullet point and it, the font is like maybe 25% of the COVID one, like the size of it. So I'm hoping that the state uh, is still doing the work to prepare the trucks oh, sure. and the plows and all that kind of jazz. Uh, but leave it to 2020 to be the only year where, well, not the only year, but the most recent year where we would have Halloween with a full moon on a Saturday and it would get <laughs> ruined by COVID. And then we're going to have Christmas and it's looking like, at least for us here, it's looking like we're going to have snow on the ground for Christmas, which almost never happens. It's usually just like you yeah. said, it's kind of balmy. Maybe it's like high sixties ish. I have yeah. been, there's been years here in Connecticut where I have mowed my lawn in December. <laughs> yeah, Just, that sounds like Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, and I get that. I get how that can rob you of the Christmas spirit. It really does suck uh, yeah. when the weather is not on point. But when the weather starts getting cool and you start getting a little bit of drizzles of snow and this and that, it really helps uh, sell the season. Me, personally, uh, I go to town not only with the lights. You can see it in our YouTube video. Which, by the way, if you're listening and you haven't been paying attention, we are on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on a whole bunch of things. We're that's working right. on getting on Apple Podcasts. I know that's been a high-demand thing because a lot of you listen to podcasts on that. We're working on it. Uh, and we will probably have the whole back catalog uploaded when we do. But uh, you can check us out in other places. It's easy enough. Yeah, but anyway, uh, the point I was going to... The point I was going to make, the thing that I have been doing, other than I take out my entire movie theater or my theater in my basement mm -hmm. and I take out all of my normal movie posters and I hang up all of my Christmas movies. So right now I've got the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. I've got Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Batman Returns, Miracle on 34th Street, uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Uh, just, you know, all these Christmas themed posters. I've got my Christmas lights up both outside and inside. We're going to talk about that more in a little second. <laughs> but one of the first things that I love doing is lighting my Christmas Yankee candles. Like that sets <laughs> what the kind mood. Of scents? What kind of scents are these candles? I mean, they've got the classic pine. Like that's, yeah. that's everybody's go-to. But that, it, while that can evoke the whole sense of Christmas, for me, most of the time, it makes me think of a car because that's the sign that, sure. or the, the smell everybody goes for when they're, they're driving in their car so um cinnamon uh the vanilla cookie ones those usually mm -hmm. do pretty good i've got a new one that's supposed to it it's supposed to smell like wool but it smells kind of like wool and 
fresh waffles, which Whoa. I'm digging. That yeah. is a really unusual combination of smells. But it works. It feels like a snuggly, yeah. Christmassy kind of uh, kind of mood. And then there's uh, the the peppermint. They have a lot of mint flavors. It's really interesting that. So, that you bring that up with the candles too, because that's something I just that just occurred to me too. That like in terms of, I mean, there's a lot of things about Christmas, right, or the holidays in general that yeah. evoke them. But like scents, like smells, like having a having a a, a a Christmas tree, like a I don't know what's the word, a real cot Christmas tree or whatever, <laughs> like a a fresh one right yeah. out of the forest. Like it, it definitely like that aspect of it, um, that it enlivens the house in a way that you wouldn't like normally have during the year. Cause during the year, it's just, you know, your house smells like whatever you cooked recently or, you know, Febreze or whatever. Yeah. Usually a lot of Febreze. Um, that's yeah. I mean, I, I didn't set out to start talking about that for this particular podcast, but it is interesting. The art of candle scents, I guess you could say. Um, because smell is really one of the most powerful, like evoking, like emotionally evoking things. Like when you smell something, you immediately salivate, you know what I mean? Like if it smells good, um, but like they can take you back to smell of Christmas cookies, garlic. There's something about garlic in the evening of December when you smell it and you're getting close to Christmas. It just makes it feel like Christmas time. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. No, I, that's that's new to me. I mean, for me, Christmas is like pine trees, fireplace, like, yep. you know, the fireplace. And then like, like you were saying, like cinnamon or vanilla cookies, like cookies are a big thing for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the three big ones, I guess. Absolutely. And I, that's that's how I always kickstart the, the Christmas season. I throw up the lights and the decorations. I throw up um the Christmas candles, I take down all of my Halloween candles because usually, I, like I said, I transition right from Halloween to Christmas. Yeah. In my opinion, Thanksgiving is just Christmas pregame. Yeah. It's just practice for the show. <laughs> well, let me tell you something that I find really, I haven't done this in a while, but something I've always really enjoyed with Christmas is making ornaments, like finding things that I want to paint, like... Um, one year I made like uh, one year I made uh, there were like these pre-assembled uh, angel outlined ornaments and yep. like I made a bunch of different ones and one of the ones that I made was like a a death metal like angel <laughs> which is like awesome it was one of the coolest things I've ever made but I, I don't have it anymore it's gone but uh... we used to do that it was it's like um I used to do that as a kid I think it's like a metal outline. And then I don't know if it was paint or something like that, but it was like glass. It was colored glass, and you put it in the oven for a couple minutes and, and bake it. And then it was like a stained glass ornament. Did you do you know oh, what I'm talking I about? Never, I never. I mean, I've made stained glass, but I've never heard of that before. That sounds. They really were like cool. little. It was like little kits, kind of like almost like when Easter you do like the egg dyeing yeah. kits and this and that. It came like a kit, and it was a little metal outline, and they had all different cutouts. It was like you know almost like cookie cutter cutouts, but they were metal and flatter. And I forget how you made the colors and this and that, but I remember that you added the colors. It was almost like paint by number. And Mm -hmm. then you put it in the oven, you baked it, and then you took it out, let it cool. And then you took it up and it was just stained glass. And that's what you could hang on the uh, Christmas tree, which is interesting 
I did because I, I I wanted to talk about um the origins of decorations and this and that. So I was doing some research on the Wikipedia this afternoon, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the angst plan not... of Wikipedia. So <laughs> I did not realize that Christmas trees. I realized that they weren't originally like a Christian thing. It was like a pagan winter solstice right. holiday thing. I didn't realize that they were started by Germans um, in terms of tying it to Christmas. So like that, the Germans were the ones who took the pagan tradition and started making it a, uh, a Christmas Christian thing. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Like they started doing it at Christmas time. And I think, and incidentally we were talking about candles, they would put candles on the tree. Okay. Which strikes me scary. as an incredible yeah, I was going to say, that's a fire hazard and a half, but I'm guessing they were probably like tea lights, candles, yeah. and I'm guessing they had some kind of glass covering or something, but even then, the heat, it falls, I don't know. I, I, yeah. many Do you know houses, if these were trees they brought into the house, or were these trees outside of the house? No, they were inside the house. Okay. Uh, the, the idea behind it was to, in the darkness of winter, because apparently... Uh, pine trees are very durable through the winter. Uh, I don't know that, given that I've seen pine trees die relatively quickly after Christmas. Maybe it's because everyone just stops giving a shit and they stop watering them. <laughs> but supposedly, the idea was to see a tree in your house and amongst all the cold and the darkness and this and that, it would remind you that spring was coming, that good life was coming and all that kind of stuff. And it was meant as like a pick-me-up kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and then they were like decorating it with the tea lights or, or just, you know, candles or whatever. I'm assuming they're tea lights, but, um, and like nuts and berries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I guess when it came to America, uh, well, I mean like the Puritans like rejected it and it was a whole thing. And then by like the late 1800s, when it came to America, the Germans were trying to get like the commercialization of Christmas right off the bat. So they started selling the ornaments and oh. that's so ornaments themselves, the decorating or whatever was a total commercialization move just to make some sure. money off of Christmas trees. And then, uh, other companies started coming in and beating the crap out of the Germans with it, with like, um, blowing glass and this and that with like Japanese and, even America and all that kind of stuff. And that's, but that's where the whole ornament thing came into play. And then I forget how the like non bulb ornaments came into play, but obviously that has come into play. So I, I'm curious. Do you yeah, have I wanted favorite to, ornaments? Yeah. I wanted to backtrack just a, just for a second. So were you saying that the bulb, the bulb style ornaments were something that like these, these German American people were like selling, was that the idea? Yeah. Okay. They were. Um, That's interesting because I had no idea. Of, they were making money off of it. I don't know if it yeah. was German America or even just Germany itself was manufacturing them yeah. and shipping and selling them all around the world. But then other countries, you know, you, back then especially, there wasn't patents on yeah. things. So other companies started jumping on the boat and all that kind of stuff. But okay, I'm curious to actually, know. Yeah, to actually answer your question about, like, what are my favorite? Here's the thing about Christmas trees. I really like Christmas trees because they're just the smorgasbord of, like, the psychedelic, like, uh, 
<laughs> everything <laughs> is there, right? Like you got lights, yeah. you got tinsel, you got uh, popular characters. Batman might be on your Christmas tree or like, yep. you know, Uncle Scrooge or Mickey Mouse. And then there's the bulb style ornaments, which are probably my favorite because they are they tend to be like very reflective. So they have a dynamic quality to them, depending on where you look yeah. at the light. Like, um, I think, yeah, I think my answer would be like, especially the bulb style that have like, um, like slightly carved out, you know, where there are, um, like I've seen ones that are carved out a little bit and have like geometric patterns in them. So that the way the light hits them, it kind of diffracts and gets makes these really intricate light patterns. Like that stuff's really cool. I like that a lot. That's, yeah, that's like a '90s style thing where it's like almost like a twinkle coming off of the yeah. bulbs, and it's like a. Uh, but it is. It's it's very interesting how I think nostalgia plays the biggest part of Christmas. Oh, like for sure. Everything about Christmas that people love is something from back in the day or back in their day, so to speak. So like for me, when I'm looking at uh, a Christmas tree and I see ornaments, there is, oh God, I, I want to call him Teddy Bear, but I know that's not it. It's like Teddy Crisp. There was a mascot for a cereal box that was okay. a bear. Do you know what I'm talking about? I want to say like... it was maybe... Was it the honeycomb bear? Was that it? I mean, that's the only bear that I can think of that was from the cereal box i hate when podcasters do this but i'm about to google <laughs> just double check oh no his name was um his name was sugar bear sugar bear oh okay um, oh sammy was the sugar frog bear. yes the frog was yeah sugar bear was on post super sugar crisp cereal Yes. Okay. So that's definitely what it was. Sorry about that, folks. No. Anyway. Um, so anyway, when I was a kid, we had Sugar Bear. And it was this ornament that came in the box back in the day. You would get those kinds of things. And there was a little push me button on it where it would start singing jingle bells. Okay. And my little sister would push it constantly <laughs> and it was one of those things that just got so annoying that i hated it we would try and hide the sugar bear on the tree so she couldn't push it anymore but now that i'm an adult like it died eventually yeah, now that i'm right. an adult i think it was like a year or two ago she got me another sugar bear for my christmas tree <laughs> nice and now you know like when she comes over she'll push the button and this and that but it's one of those things where that's nostalgia for me. It's yeah. something that I grew up with. No one else could care about, care less about a sugar bear ornament. But yeah. me, like I, I see that bear in the tree and it makes me think of Christmas. I have like, a question for y'all or for you, do it. which is did, did your family do the train around the base of the tree? Okay. Yes. And no, I wanted, the, question. <laughs> I wanted the train, but I am okay. a dick. I have such high, gaudy, uh, what's the opposite? You know when the kids call something basic these days? I call them the kids because I'm old now. Um, <laughs> they call somebody basic. Whatever the opposite of that is. Extra. Uh, extra. Extra. Yeah. That's it. 
I am extra and I have always been extra. When I was a kid, I wanted the train, but I wanted the train that would puff little smoke out of the smokestack <laughs> at the front of it. <laughs> because I wanted that effect. I thought that was awesome. And I know certain ones did it, and chances are they were the ones that were like crazy expensive. Um, oh, but we did. We would have. Go on. I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll keep this note for later. Yeah, no, we definitely had it, and I was always the one that set it up, and I was, you know, when it wouldn't do the puff and the smoke thing, I would try and, like, figure out ways to create the track so that it would go up hills and this and that, so it would be like a roller coaster. That's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that was one of the things. And then we had a cat, and then we had to stop it because it would scare right. a cat. Right. Well, what, what you were, when you were talking about all that, that reminded me. I had, uh, I had a great uncle who, every year, he would make... Uh, he would set up his Christmas village in his like garage. It was gigantic. It took up the entire garage. Like it wasn't a small; it was a pretty big garage. And it was just like it had a train that went around the entire village. It had like all these like, uh, like really ornate details. Like it was like looking at. I mean, you know, it was like looking at a a city from above. You know. And it's a really, I mean, I, I don't think people do that too often, but um, I kind of miss it. Like, I mean, he passed away some time ago, but I kind of miss it because it's like nobody, who puts in that kind of effort just for the fun of it? Because it's Christmas. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell? Why one not? Of the, one of the crazy things, I, I, if you're watching our YouTube video, you can see behind me, uh, I have my little Christmas village set up. Um my grandma used to set up a Christmas village and she doesn't do it so much now because she's older and it's a lot of work and this and that. But like she had this awesome thing. She had an ice skating rink and I guess there was like magnets underneath the little people Oh yeah, and yeah. they would move around and all that. And I just remember being amazed by that. And that was like yeah. one of my favorite things to go over her house and see at Christmas time. So Christmas village um, is like the definition of extra. It's like, yeah, it's all well, the I'm, way. And, you ready for me to go extra, extra on it? Sure. Like read all about it extra? <laughs> uh, so when I started setting up my village, this uh, not this year. Well, this year is when I first started it. Last year is when I thought of it. What I did was being a artist, a filmmaker, a storyteller, a writer, so to speak. I wanted to tell a story through my village, which is extra as you can imagine. So what I decided to do, I started taking all of the little people and all of the little houses and the little buildings and stuff that they do. And I would paint the hair colors of like the little figurines to be that of me and my wife or the dog and paint it to look like the dog. And what I did was I'm trying, I'm in the process of, you know, making it work. Cause it's a, it's a long haul finding some of these pieces, but I'm trying to tell the story of how my wife and I met each other, fell in love, our first wow. date, things we like to do, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that is, that's the theme of my village, which I thought was pretty fun. So that that's way, awesome. like when my kids, when my kids eventually are, are old enough to appreciate it and don't care anymore, yeah. um, or, or aren't so, Oh, you're so stupid and lame dad, like that kind of stuff. Like when they're older, they'll be able to say, Oh, that's when you met mom and this and that and this and that. And I thought that's kind of cheesy, but I like it. So it's that's like cheesy, my that's goal. Awesome. And it gets my gears turning because I'm like, wow, it would be cool to have some kind of like insane annual Christmas village. And every year there's like a new theme. Like one year it's a murder mystery. You have to figure out <laughs> who <laughs> murdered awesome. Santa Claus or something. I love it. That's amazing. 
<laughs> or like a oh, sci-fi got my theme. Ears turning. That's incredible. <laughs> I never even thought of that. I mean, it's hard enough to put one story together, but man, if I had the time, I would yeah. absolutely do that. <laughs> uh, I'm much more of an outside decoration guy. That's yeah. that's that's my big thing. Like I love, and this is what I wanted to talk about most today. Um, I love blow molds. So if if you don't know what I'm talking about, you gotta Google it. Um, blow molds are that whole that hard plastic that everybody probably listening to this podcast in one way or another uh, they grew up with or they've seen them at a yard sale. Oh, yeah. But they're like. To me, the penultimate Christmas decoration. That's what I love to see. I hate icicle lights. I hate um, uh, I hate the inflatables. I don't like them. Uh, I especially hate the wire Christmas decorations. It's like a deer, but it's made out of like, they almost look like pipe cleaners. But they're oh, colored. Yeah, I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And they have like a little bit of felt or like a little bit of lights drizzled through them or whatever. Yeah. Hate them. Don't like them. I I don't I can't say that I've seen that many of the inflatables, but the ones that I do like of the inflatables are the ones where it's like a snow globe because that like actually utilizes yes. the whole media, if you will. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's not just we're going to inflate a thing. It's like, oh, we're going to inflate a thing in. It's in motion. There's something to see that's moving around and whatnot. I'm okay with that. The, I, I would, I would, I would retract my hatred for that particular, <laughs> for that particular inflatable. That's not bad. I'm okay with that. But the other ones, I need that hard plastic sure. with just a single light inside, like a warm uh, bulb, just one or two, oh, whatever the like... little. Major nostalgic, De- definitely for me too. Major nostalgic sort of uh, flair to them. They're hard. They seem like they're kind of a pain in the ass to store, though. That's that the is problem. the that's that's the catch, and I think that's what the inflatables are trying to solve by being deflatable. Yeah. Is right. that you can just you know stick like a hundred of them into one tote, whereas you could barely fit one blow mold, and they don't. The blow molds don't come apart either. That's the thing. They're one whole solid piece. Yeah. So it's not like you can take it apart and then put it into a thing and then put it back together the next year and this and that. I get it. I totally get molds, it. the you can do a lot with staging. There's like a lot of... Yes. I mean, we I'm were talking about for that you, that's your... the major benefit. Yeah, like kind of like how you were talking about with the nativity scene. It's the same deal with me. Like for me, you know, you've got uh, the lantern poles and you got Frosty... But Frosty probably shouldn't be next to Santa either. Next to Santa, you either want the toy soldiers or you want one of the reindeer or uh, Mrs. Claus. They have some Mrs. Claus ones that I've been eyeing myself. They do get expensive. So what I've been trying to do, uh, and this was a project that I started working on over the summer, I would find damaged ones. And when I say damaged, I don't mean like that the plastic is damaged. It's more so usually the paint is faded or chipped or whatnot. So I've been stripping the paint off of the bommels and then repainting them and getting crazy. So like I discovered that they have Halloween ones too, which I didn't know that they had uh, for the longest yeah, time. I no idea. And at, recently in the last couple of years, I've grown fond of the universal monster movies, uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, all that kind of stuff. And I found they had a, 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 it's a very rare blow mold of Bela Lugosi's Dracula. And I found one that was damaged. I got it at a cheap price. So I have been restoring it. 
I've got it stripped of all the paint and then I started painting it back. And right now I'm in a, uh, a cross section, if you will, of decision where I have to decide whether or not I want to get full creative and give it a grayscale for those of you not in the art world, a black and white, uh, <laughs> color, color palette to match the, the movie. Yeah. Or if I want to repaint it the way it was, which was colorful with reds and blues and this and that. But, um, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a little art hobby that I've been kind of doing, and That's I cannot wait. That sounds really fun. Yeah, I like that it's, a lot. It was a beautiful way to kill some time during quarantine. Just throwing on a mask, and it wasn't for anyone else's protection. It was for mine that time. Uh, using all these like paint strippers, getting it down, letting it dry, and then taping it off spray painting it very and the trick is i guess you got to spray paint it very light so that the, the yeah I was the about light to ask that. yeah yeah i think i overdid it on dracula's coat but i'm okay with that i'll live with it um i'm debating as to whether or not i want to bust out non-spray paints and do like hand painting on it and see if i can go thin enough with the paint so that the light still shines through i might water down some acrylics or something i don't know yeah you'd have to water it down i mean on plastic i don't if you water down acrylic on plastic i don't know how well it's going to really hold is the thing like yeah that's nah. that was a concern um spray paint but i will keep you guys updated yeah I, yeah I'd but spray paint's more. easy to overdo if you if you look away to see a squirrel <laughs> run by for one second and keep your hand in the same spot you've yeah. overdone it you know oh. um but yeah but i love blow molds at christmas and i like arranging them and like you said staging them there's a guy that lives around the corner from my parents house and i kid you not the man has hundreds hundreds i it's easily got to be 2 to 400 blow molds in his Whoa. front yard every year. Now I only have, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have about 10 or 12 blow molds myself. Yeah. And this year was the first year I blew a fuse, um, lighting it all up. So how this guy, and the, the, the trick is how do you have that many outlets? Like, to uh, yeah, I'd love to know. Into? I have so many questions now because it's like, is, is this guy like, <laughs> Does he have a huge front yard? Like, is he like, is this a wealthier guy? No, he's definitely not a wealthy guy from what I remember. And if okay. I remember, wow. somebody once told me he was a firefighter, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but just the, the logistics of that. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I can't even, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like, and blow molds are not the one, are not the type where. They have those plugs where you can plug another plug into a plug. You follow me? Yeah. Some of the Christmas lights got like that. And fuck you to the person who made that one female end of an, a, a light that doesn't take other ones unless it's the same brand. Fuck you. I hate you for that. That's there fine. is somebody who does that. I do, it's just terrible. Uh, I realize that Christmas is now about commercialization and making money and this and that. But you are the pizza burn on the roof of Christmas happiness. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been really kind of arranging them and I'm kind of like eyeing certain blow molds that I want now. But the problem is, is that they cost money. And I mean, like if you even get, if you don't get the damaged ones that we were talking anywhere, anywhere between about $150 to upwards of $700, $800 
per piece of blue moon, depending on how rare it is or you know there's the multiple ones where it's got like four or five reindeer and then it's got santa in the sleigh sure. like those ones will climb up but it's ridiculous how much that they'll cost on ebay i don't know if they still make them that's the problem i have yet to research that it sounds like that what? that kind of pricing sort of implies to me that it they are they're just not being made very often nowadays. Like maybe every, maybe most people are going for the inflatable stuff just because of ease of storage and whatever. Well, I did buy blue new blue moles at, uh, it was either home Depot or Lowe's this year, but they okay. were Mickey mouse. They were yeah. Disney. I got you. Which Disney has the money to make that kind of stuff. And then, you know, they're, they're through the roof cause they know it's going to sell. doesn't matter what it is. If it has the Disney logo on it, there's a collector out there who's Disney's uh, obsessed. There's one upstairs in my house right now, um, <laughs> preg- pregnant with a child, uh, and they know that they will buy them. So it's a safe bet for Disney. But like all the other blow mold people don't make them as much, I think. And that kind of breaks my heart because I'm I'm so nostalgic for them that I want my kids to grow up with them. I want people to drive by and see them when they see that. Not a lot of houses decorate oh, no. anymore. No, and it's it become less heart. and less popular. Yeah, it's kind of sad because I like really, I mean, I have had pretty, for a long time, some kind of family tradition of like, you know, a couple of nights before Christmas or whatever, go out and drive around and see all the all the houses and see how everybody's lighting their house. And I mean, every year I feel like it's a couple less houses here and there, you know, doing it. And and it is what it is, I guess. But I feel I, I'm with you. Like, I feel kind of sad that that tradition is sort of fading away. And that's why and I don't feel I don't feel afraid giving out this idea on a podcast um, because <laughs> who knows actually listening to it. But like I'm waiting for my new computer to come in because there's a software that I just bought that I can't use on my current computers, but I can develop an app on it, which I thought was pretty fun. And I have long held this idea for a Christmas app where it's kind of like the Yelp of Christmas apps, but for Christmas displays in your area. And what you would do is you snap a photo and then you rate it and then other people can rate it and this and that. But what you can do is you can go on the app in your area and then, and this is theoretic because I haven't built it yet, but you set a radius and then you can set like a tour so that the GPS, like almost like a, you know, Apple Maps or Google yeah. Maps or Waze or whatever you use will guide you in terms of the best rated houses in your neighborhood. And you can take a tour of all the Christmas lights around and I just drive around idea. and see them and this and that. And I always thought that would be a fun idea because I used to do that a lot as a kid. My aunt used to pick us up. My mom used to take us and we would drive around, like you said, and just yeah. look into Christmas lights and be like, ooh, I like that one. We would park in front of the guy's house that I talked about with all the blow molds and we would just stare at them for minutes. Like it would become one of those things where like two cars would stop and then it would start feeling awkward and it's like, oh, <laughs> we're holding up traffic. Yeah. But but I feel like that's and that of all times to do that, I wish I could do that right now because this is the perfect year to sit in your car. Oh, yeah. Drive around sure. and look at things through your window and just experience that Christmas magic. Yeah. Um let me ask you a question. If you were developing that app with me, Rainwater, and I retain the rights, it's all mine 100%. <laughs> That's very Christmassy of me, I know. Um, if you were developing that app, is there anything that you think you would add to that? Like, what, what do you think 
is missing? Like, what could we fuse from technology today to help bring back nostalgic Christmas? In your neck is of the woods, think- having stations that you could also tune into in the app, maybe? Like, streams? Oh. Like, people could stream music from their servers or whatever? That's... I'm making this up Just on the fly, kinda- so... <laughs> That way you wouldn't have to keep changing the radio station and this and that yes. so that like, see, I'm Is one of those people. Um, have you ever, have you ever watched that show? It comes on almost every year called the great Christmas light fight. Uh, no, I haven't. So it's a show that takes place on ABC. Um, and it's like a real, not a reality show, but it's like a competition show. And these two, like, um, interior design kind of people i guess they're famous for that somehow go around to all these different houses all around the country and they check out these christmas displays and then they rate the one that's the best one and they crown them the champion of that episode let me be clear these are all rich people who have the money and the time to build these phenomenal christmas displays that dwarf anything i could ever drink dream of coming up with but at the same time i look at most of these displays and i look over at my wife and i'm like eh, i'm not impressed because the blinking lights i again i'm extra um yeah. the blinking lights to the music doesn't impress me anymore like i want more i want the smokestack to have smoke coming out of it it doesn't have to be smoke it could be steam so we're environmentally sure. conscious but some automated- but at the same time like some yeah, like if you're gonna, sort. I'm not kidding when I tell you that these light displays probably cost hundreds of thousands of dollars in the hardware alone. We're not talking electrical bills. We're just talking <laughs> the actual hardware that they use in terms of the amount of lights and all that kind of stuff. Who knows what the electric thing is? I wish that they people would up it and and almost like making their own blow molds or like we said, telling a story through the actual displays that they do and this and that. Um, but for me, in terms of the the app, something else that I thought about, I wish there was a centralized way to post your Christmas list on a way that you could do, you could say, I want this from Amazon, I want this from eBay, this from Best Buy, this from bed bath and beyond so it's like all different things but then you couldn't see what got bought for you or who bought it or whatever but other people could and that way they could be like oh this or that or or and this is probably the better way to go about it um you could just list interests like things that you like that would spur ideas for other people so like i like that route a lot because that's sort of I like the route where it's like you you can allow the both users to be kind of creative with how they how they interact with it. Yeah, and that 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 creates a certain amount of like serendipity, fun, synchronicity, where people are like, oh, I wouldn't even expected you to give me this gift or whatever. Right, and like so, I used to do this thing because I don't I didn't have a kid and I don't yet, at least as far as I know, unless my wife went into labor upstairs right now. Um, I used to do this thing where every year I would pick one of my friends. Um, sadly, Mr. Rainwater, after we left college, but some one of the <laughs> local friends that I had around here. And what I would do is every year I would pick one of them 
and I would surprise them at Christmas. So I would, we would be like hanging out in my basement, watching a movie or whatever like that. And I would be like, Oh, I gotta go upstairs. I gotta go to the bathroom. And then I would go upstairs, change into a Santa costume, sneak around the back of my house, come in the downstairs back door, (laughs) blasting Christmas music over the speakers with a bag of Christmas stuff. And I would have a whole bunch of Christmas gifts in the bag. And I would, I, I was Santa. Santa's spirit took me over. I was possessed by the the spirit of Saint Nick. And then Santa would turn around and leave. And then Andrew would come back from the bathroom and be like, what the fuck just happened? Where, where, where did all these gifts come from? Are they for me? And <laughs> Your kids are going to have some fun. <laughs> next oh, yeah. Christmases. Well, what the kicker is, and I think you might be able to, to agree with this. I think many people do. I don't know what my friends have or don't have. Oh yeah. Or you know what I mean? Like, uh, like buying gifts for your friends is a hard thing to do. Family, not as hard because you go and see family and you can kind of spy on it and say, Hey mom, does my sister have this? Oh, I shouldn't get her that. Okay, fine. It's harder with friends. You can't really get away with that. So what I would do is like, I knew my friend was into Iron Man. Okay. I don't know if he has this Iron Man pair of socks but it's a pair of socks, so I'll get him an Iron Man pair of socks. Socks are and socks I'll, are always a good one. Um, what I often one of do my is, favorite gifts. What I often do is um, for secret Santas or white elephants stuff like that. Um, I will just make a painting, and sometimes it'll be like one year I made uh, for like a I think it's called white elephant where it's the gift exchange, and then you kind of compete for whatever. Um, I made this I made this acrylic painting that was a walrus in the desert that was wearing a bikini and <laughs> it was just like it was just like one of those absurd things and it was like the most fought after thing during the white elephant exchange because um I like I don't know I like when I do when I do gifts I like to do stuff that's just like so ridiculous like there isn't a use for it like, there's no reason. Why would somebody want this? <laughs> like, because I don't know. The main reason is because I just don't know what they already have. And so mm-hmm. I can I can definitely bet on there's no way they have this. There's no way they have a painting of a walrus in the desert wearing a bikini because who has that? Like, who has that? Yeah, exactly. We've gotten that to that point this year, mostly because of the pandemic and with Baby Watch going on. I already told all my family members, I'm like, I'm not going above and beyond. We're not getting anything from anybody's list this year. You're all getting gift cards. Um, but the thing was, and like I, I was, I came out about it. I was like, oh yeah, you're getting Cracker Barrel gift cards and you're getting a gift card to Ulta, the, the makeup store or whatever like that. Cause that's like the things that these people like, but I did not get those gift cards. The only thing I did go a step above and beyond. I went to get gift cards for things that they love or like that they will not be expecting. Like I have to have that element of surprise or otherwise I don't feel like I'm being true to the spirit of Christmas. Like that's the number one thing that I make that makes me feel like a kid again is surprising people at Christmas. It doesn't matter how much you've spent. Mm -hmm. It matters. That reaction is all that I'm chasing every single year. I, I mean, I want that reaction myself, but I love giving that reaction of, oh my God, it's the, oh my God, how did you know kind of thing. Yeah, but, and that is, I mean, that's like, that's like investigative journalism levels of detail that you have to go into where it's like, 
getting into a person's head, getting into like what it, you know, their house, what they have, what they, what they, what they do every day, having a detailed list of all the things that they've bought recently. Like that's, and yeah. that's, that's almost overwhelming for me, but that I can definitely see like the, the joy of it when you hit it. Right. Like when you can, when you can make it land. The surprise is definitely the factor, especially because, and I think this is something, this is what we all say as adults now anyway. Anything that I want, I either already have or I could go out and get it myself. Yeah. You know, unless I'm going to, unless it's like something crazy expensive, there's, there's really nothing that you can get from me that's going to throw me for a loop. So when people, yeah. when you can surprise somebody with something, uh, like my little sister got my mom something this year and she already gave it to her. So it's okay. I'm not ruining it. But she got her a sifter cabinet. Now, I didn't know this fucking thing existed until I had to help get it. But she found it like on Facebook's watch or Facebook sell or whatever it was. Oh. Facebook marketplace. That's it. Um, but it's an old timey cabinet for like a kitchen with like yeah. a sifter, like a flower sifter built into it and like uh -huh. a pull out thing or whatever. The, the whole point is my mom had talked about her favorite aunt had this when she was a kid and she had always kind of wanted one and this and that. And my sister found one and the lady was selling it, I think for like 50 bucks or something like that. Went out, got it. And my mother was through the roof. Like she could not believe. And this was like an old, dirty, messed up sifter cabinet from God knows how long ago. And my mother was through the roof thrilled. She's like, Oh, I'm going to paint it and I'm going to restore it. And I'm going to, Oh, it'll go right here. And this and that. That's the kind of stuff that I think more people need to chase after at Christmas. And because like it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be perfect. But if you can, if your goal is to make the person go, wow, that's, that's yeah, enough. It, it could be 12, $12 gift to make somebody go. Wow. Um, that to me is Christmas. That's, that's the thing. Like everybody likes to dump on Christmas and say it. It's about, commercialization, monetization, making money, selling and things, materialism. And to be honest, I don't know what's overall wrong about that. Yes, I there like are your, tons of problems. I like your attitude to it, though, because, I mean, y here's the thing, is the way oh. that you're, the way that you're um, going at Christmas is that it overtakes all that because you're so into the spirit of it that you've turned it into an art. Like you've found the art in all of that. And so I guess I, well, and I'm saying this because I think a lot of the reason people don't like the material, the materialistic qualities or whatever of it is because a lot of times it's just not very artful because a lot of somebody will just go out and buy one blue mold and put it in front of the house in a very like kind of half-hearted way string some lights yeah. and it's kind of like okay i did they they do it like oh i can't i did my duty for christmas rather yeah. than it's, you're going at it like it's not a duty it's not an obligation this is like playtime. this is this is go yeah. time like e even we were talking about the lists i don't like buying the direct thing that like if i look at a list i don't look at it as oh they want this this and this i won't buy that I'll look at that as kind of like how we talked about like the ideas of things I'm into. So if somebody says, Oh, I like the movie heavyweights and they have the Blu-ray for heavyweights yeah. on their list. 
yeah, I might buy the Blu-ray for heavyweights, but I'm also going to go out and buy a Tony Perkisizing T-shirt and um, some maybe I'll maybe I'll search down like an autograph of Ben Stiller or something like you know what yeah. I mean. Like I use that as the jumping off for the idea that I'm going for because if you're just getting things that are just listed, it's like borrowing someone's grocery list and just doing it for them. Oh, thanks. <laughs> how, you know how yeah. did you know? Well, I told you. Like it, it's just like it kills all the fun out of it, and I think well, that's I think what that's I think a lot I... of adults need to do. That's why I, that's what definitely why I sometimes suffer from like Christmas disinterest syndrome is just like uh, a lot of times the holidays can be very um, can be very cookie cutter, uh, no, mm. no pun intended, but like very much like people are, you know, oh, you I get believe that was a pun intended. <laughs> that people... was an intended pun. People give you gift certificates or whatever for Christmas. You kind of expect what's going to happen. And so it becomes so routine, so rote, that after a while, you kind of lose interest. But like you're saying, you know, if you approach it with a creative mindset, with a creative spirit, where it's like, it doesn't even have to be big, but it's like, it doesn't really matter how big the Christmas tree. As long as the Christmas tree you make is like the most beautiful thing that you can imagine because that's where your passion's going into in that moment that's all that really matters and it brightens up the room it brightens up your life for a little bit um and the same goes with you know anything like whatever uh you know the cookies that you make for christmas like they don't have to be you know over the top necessarily they don't have to be extra but you might want to make them really tasty and whatever you know like so long as what so long as what's getting hit is like the enjoyment. And so I definitely feel like a lot of people might also suffer from a disinterest in the holidays or into Christmas because like we're saying, and it's, it's a, it's a feeling of, you know, Oh, well, um, you know, we do this every year, so we'll keep doing it like this. And that's, yeah, that takes the pat that sucks the air out of it. Right. Rather than how you're approaching it, which is like, uh, you have sprawling plans year from year on how it's going to get more <laughs> elaborate. Yes, that's absolutely 100% my approach. It's how do I up last year and not like in a Clark Griswold way where it's like, can I get more lights? Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but at the most, it's like, if you surprise someone once, it's almost like fool me once, shame on you, fool me once, shame on me. But if you're surprising someone, it's like, oh, okay, that's how you got me last time. I'm not going to get caught again. Like, you're not going to get me that way. Yeah. So I have to think, I have to come at it from a different angle. So like, if I had to surprise somebody now that I've already gotten with my surprise gifts or whatever, I wouldn't do it in the basement. I would be in the back of the car and be them driving. And I would have like <laughs> someone plant my Santa suit in the back of the car. And while they're just driving around, we're all talking and hanging around. I would be covertly putting on the Santa suit and <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Like have, find some way to have somebody plant the gifts in the trunk or something. So I'd be like, ho, 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 pull over. Ho, ho, ho. And you know what I mean? Like, that's how you got to do it, man. A little bit of planning goes a that's long, true. long way. Um, so we've talked about Christmas for about an hour now. We're not going to keep this going. Um, but I do want to, I just wanted to, to end on a giant thank you 
to you, Mr. Rainwater, oh, because thank you. See, too, you're Jeff. not you're not expecting this. You would have been my person this year if it wasn't for a the pandemic, b baby watch, c we've only recently reconnected and I didn't have enough time, and d the distance between us. Right. But I couldn't help but not say thank you because if you don't remember, we did the digits fundraiser going up until Christmas when we were trying to save the movie. And it looked like we were trying to, I think we were trying to raise like a thousand or $1,200 or something. And we didn't even have anything close to that when it was coming up on Christmas Eve. And I got to tell you, I was so defeated going into Christmas that year. It was 2010, I believe it was. And you came through on Christmas Eve and filled <laughs> the totally goal for the Digits fundraiser. But see, the thing, I, I didn't forget about that. I just wanted to say thank you publicly for your help and your support. You not only saved Christmas for me that year, you saved the very first feature film that I ever made. And if I ever make it big and I make it to the Oscars or whatever, you're going to be the first person before my mom <laughs> or my wife or my kid that I thank because you helped me complete an unbelievable feat in completing a feature film on my own. And I just had to say publicly for all to hear, thank you, Mr. Rainwater. You are a one nice guy in my book, the savior of Christmas for me. Not, no one has ever been my, <laughs> my surprise Santa Claus or whatever until 2010 when you did that for me. And I just wanted to say thank you. Well, the main reason I did that is because I wanted to post uh, Smoke's Fatality on your, uh, on your Facebook so that you were like, why did you do this? <laughs> you spent that much money just to do no. that. No, that's not really why. But... <laughs> That's not, it was definitely part of the package, you know. Um, but I mean, the main reason is like I'd seen you develop that for forever, and I really wanted to see it made. So, and fortunately, can I, it, can I ask you what what did that feel like when you click clicked the send button on that su- uh, submitting uh, that? It felt weird, but I mean, also that was the same year that I had I had I had also f- uh, funded like the first printing of garage raja which was another one of those experiences of like oh i just spent like three thousand dollars for 500 books <laughs> this go like yeah yeah that's a, interesting here in that way i remember when i was when i was doing digits uh and i remember pulling the trigger to spend eight grand on the camera that i used to shoot it which i still have in my office which is not even worth two grand today um but that moment when I click send on eight grand for that camera, not the audio package, not my computer, not the editing, was one of the biggest, what the fuck have I just done moments in my entire life. I don't think I've ever spent that much money in one instance, one single moment in my entire life. But that to me was panic and fear. For you, you must have felt like I felt given those gifts when I surprised people. Oh, right. For sure. Isn't it like, because I, so, I also like because like here's the other part is like I mean I've had a lot of people help me help fund me with stuff like definitely my dad also helped with funding that too like that a major part of that was also a part of his money too so it was like he's helped me he's helped fund my projects in a lot of 
a lot of my projects. And that's something that I want to find. Like, you're one person that I want to help fund projects with. And there are plenty of other people I want to help fund projects with. You know, I mean, that's that, you know, sometimes it's easier than others, right? Like, I can't yeah. do it all the time, but that year I could for sure. And so and I made it happen. Believe me. And believe me when I say every year I think I'm like, God damn it. I wish there was some way I could pay rainwater back. And this is not a threat. This is a promise. <laughs> it's not this year. It's probably not going to be next year. But one year for Christmas, you are going to be my target. I'm You're the only person I've ever forewarned that this is happening. And when I tell you that when I, I get you rainwater. I don't know how I feel about that. Like I'm going to be at the airport and like abducted by <laughs> you or something. You might, it might go that far, but I'm going to tell you this right now. When I eventually get, get you back, it's going to blow everything I've ever done out of the water and it will give you Christmas spirit to last till the end of time. There's no way I will, anyone will ever top that. But right now, the least I can do is at least give you a plug and say, if you're interested in showing a little bit of Christmas spirit, Matt has an awesome Patreon um, where what what kind of stuff do you post? I know you post weekly like Webtoon comics, but you also post like a lot of yeah. uh, so, behind the scenes commentary, that kind of stuff on on uh, uh, Webtoon stuff. Right. Do you do like tutorials okay, so or anything like Patreon, that? My Patreon is a lot of right now I'm doing videos where I'm making commentary tracks for my webtoon trailer park warlock which is a fun little side project that i just started i think last month and so it's basically a way that you can simultaneously play it while reading the episodes and have me reading with you and kind of giving my feedback and what i was thinking when i was making the episodes uh i do it's awesome mostly daily not quite daily like shots of what i've been working on that day so you get to really see behind the scenes like raw quote unquote raw footage or whatever of webtoons that I'm working on. Uh, I have like a whole compendium of ebooks. So you can get all of Garage Raja um, as an ebook form for just paying $3. Like, um, as well as Bat Monster and other, e other books that I've worked on. Um, now that's crazy. You... And I want to, I want to take a moment and just like, we're not talking like small ball comics here. The uh, the trailer park warlock has like a following of like thousands. How many? How many uh, subscribers right now, is it's it? Like eighty nine thousand. That's incredible and awesome. So if you think we're just plugging some piddly diddly <laughs> little webtoon, you're totally wrong. This is something that is like proven with eighty something thousand people that check out this art. This comic, this storytelling, every single... Is it weekly that it gets updated, right? Yeah, it's weekly. And, and like it's incredible the following that you've built behind that. And I just wanted to commend that. But I, I, I feel like a lot of people take validation in the idea of how many people are subscribed or this or that. Like, And Matt is no joke. So if you want to subscribe that. to a big... Big deal. Mr. Matt Rainwater here. You got to check out his Patreon. What's the address for it? It's patreon.com slash Matt J Rainwater. And that's where you need to go. So if you want to do something awesome, I can't do anything right now for him, but you can, if you want to subscribe to that Patreon, 
please do. Uh, I I promise I'm not going to give you the hard sell on our projects a lot of the times, but it's Christmas. So if you want to subscribe for a month uh, and whatever, you should do it. And I'm, I'm guessing you're probably going to be hooked because 89,000 people are. <laughs> That's incredibly <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, give it, give it a shot. Check it out. And I, I promise you're probably going to be more impressed than you expect to be with us two schmucks sitting here on the podcast talking about Christmas for an hour and 10 minutes. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, that's cool too. Happy holidays. Happy that you're with your family. If you've lost someone this year, our hearts go out to you. Uh, we hope everybody is happy and healthy and safe and looking forward to the good things that are on our horizon. Yeah. Next week, we are going to have the New Year's podcast, even though it won't be on New Year's. It'll be a day or two before New Year's. Sure. And we're going to talk about fresh starts and we're going to talk about going into the new year creatively jazzed, energized. And more importantly, I think the topic we should discuss, Mr. Rainwater, is how to maintain the momentum of that enthusiasm, that energy, that creativity, that that raw desire to chase something new. Um, I think that's going to be our topic for our new That's Year's a really good Eve topic. I like that podcast. Topic. Because art is one thing the whole it's difficult to hold on to enthusiasm with. And uh, I think me and you are going to have some interesting things to say about that. So make sure you tune in next week. For this week, again, Merry Christmas. I have been Jow. I am Rainwater, and we'll talk to y'all later. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>